Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hey, what's up, everyone? How are you? Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hi, hi. So exciting news. We're getting some, what do we call it? Advertising, not, right? Not products. Not products. <laughs> uh, but we are going to get some advertising. And in order to help us out, it would be awesome if you could click the link uh, in the description of this episode. Fill out a little survey so we know what, we, so we know what you want uh, so the advertisements uh, can actually be worthwhile and not drive you completely insane. And the information is confidential. We don't take emails or names or anything. You're not going to get on any kind of weird list or anything like that. Yeah. It just helps us out. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Hail yourselves and enjoy this episode. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Just hanging out. That's good, Marcus. <laughs> really? Just hanging out? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs. Oh, oh <laughs> but the audience wants to know. <laughs> the fact that Marcus Parks... You remember when we were talking about WrestleMania, Marcus? And I said, okay, how how long... I missed, I missed Marcus's 30th birthday party. Uh-huh. How long do I have to be crucified... Like I'm in, I'm the star of a Mel Gibson movie, The Crucifixion of Kissel. I miss one thirtieth birthday party, which, by the way, I have decided I'm going to throw you another one. What it's going to happen this at some personal, point? This is business. It's not personal, Ben. It's business. Okay. And Marcus has promised to come to see WrestleMania with me, AJ Styles versus uh, Shinzaku uh, Nakamura. Mm-hmm. I always mispronounce names. It's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the best WrestleMania. The, the card's incredible. Mm-hmm. Instead, he decided to go across the country <laughs> to Los Angeles. I have to. I have to oversee the construction of the new studio in LPN East. So there's well, a lot LPN of, West. Excuse the me. real scandal this week that has been completely trounced by the conversations uh, surrounding the Stormy Daniels affair was the fact that the Congress passed a $1.3 trillion dollar spending budget it's the omnibus bill mm. also james dowd or i think it's is it john i think it's john dowd uh the fellow it's john dowd he was the former lead lawyer for donald trump he is now gone so it's just this dude who looks like a simpson character left <laughs> jay Sakulo. that's the only lawyer that donald trump has around him right now and when you're going through as little scandals as the Trump administration is going through, who needs a lawyer? 
<laughs> Let's talk briefly here about the Stormy Daniels affair. Of course, Donald Trump Jr. as well. Uh, he had an affair like father, like son, yeah. I suppose, with a contestant on the celebrity. I believe it was a celebrity apprentice. Uh, what was it? Audrey O'Day or Aubrey O'Day? His marriage has fallen apart. I don't. That's that's the beginning, the middle, and the end of that. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Stormy Daniels situation continues to uh, titillate CNN and uh, television news outlets in general because they get to talk about sex. <laughs> Isn't it naughty? Isn't it bad? So Under naughty. the guise that it's actually politically relevant whatsoever, but there are a couple of things that do make it mildly relevant. Again, uh, Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's lawyer, paying her one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in hush money uh he then receiving money from the trump campaign of roughly the same amount of money it's so difficult to prove campaign finance fraud i just don't see that going anywhere whatsoever but for the most part i think that's secondary and there's just a lot of media surrounding this story because again as we saw in the 90s sex scandals sell Mm. they have forever and they will continue uh to do just that so stormy daniel she gave an interview with the wholesome anderson cooper who was just (laughs) so surprised to be talking to an adult film star can you believe people are in that business he was getting the vapors i'm a little bit aggravated with these news media types these multi-millionaires you know what they do on the weekends (laughs) they are they are knee deep in whatever they want to be knee deep in and i assure you they've met adult performers before i think they have i hate this can you believe her profession what was that with whom (laughs) what part of the body did she expose stunning revelations uh coming here from um television news outlets all across the country basically the stormy daniels we didn't find out anything new in this anderson cooper 60 minutes interview I do think one of the great ironies that comes with all of this is the fact that religious right is still standing by Donald Trump. And uh, these are the same people that said gay marriage is going to be the thing that ruins the institution. And it turns out straight marriage doesn't necessarily bode very well either for the institution. Well, there was one new revelation, the threat. The threat. The okay. threat. The threat was the big thing. If you yes. if you if you don't know the the threat, was, I'm, uh, I'm going to air quote the threat. I'm you, air, you gonna air, I'm why are you going to air quote it? Because it sounds like the lawyer was like, "How do I be tough? <laughs> like, what would a tough guy say?" Well, no, uh, you sent. A, he got a hired goon. A hired goon. He, he, yeah, hired goons. They sent. Yeah, they sent uh, some hired goons, or at least one hired goon, over uh, to Stormy Daniels. I think it was in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Uh, she was going was it like Bo Deedle, <laughs> the guy who used to be Roger Ailes' hitman. I mean, these guys are such meathead uh, morons. But I, to that point, I suppose those are the most dangerous people. In the world. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she was either taken out or putting in her daughter. Uh, she was going into uh, her uh, gym, and some guy came up and said, drop the Trump story. Drop the Trump story. Was he smoking? Was he always <laughs> in the shadow, even in the sunlight? Oh, it gets even more cliche from there. Uh, he looked at Stormy, Stormy Daniels' infant daughter and said, that's a beautiful baby be a shame if something happened to a mother and the baby's like shut up you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> she pulls out a cigar like the baby yeah. from who framed roger rabbit 
Yes, I got my Who Framed Roger Rabbit in my mention for the month. Yeah, I mean, if if this is true, this is astounding. I mean, this is strong arm tactics. This is physical threats against somebody uh, who you know may have damaging information about the president of the United States before he was president of the United States. But still, I mean, these are the sorts of tactics that this man is using. So this is uh, this is damning stuff. I mean, can you imagine if this guy, as just a TV star, you know, a steak salesman, a real estate magnate is sending out guys then like, what do you think he's doing with the full might of the American government, the American law enforcement behind him? Well, in in the real ramifications of a mentality like that, having the most powerful office in the world is exactly what we're seeing with ICE and uh, Donald Trump using that basically as his personal military, his his personal police force uh, to go in and uh, destroy lives in many cases. And, of course, he's also using the DEA to the full extent of the DEA. I think there's a lot of... I think it sounds a lot worse. If we would see it, if I could have seen that interaction, I, I just don't feel like it is as serious as it sounds. I don't but know. that's just I, me. I, I, She's I, also fine. I think... Right? She well, also is... She also... Like, it's not... She, it, she, she didn't drop the story, number one. She got... 130,000 bucks. She's going to make a lot of money. And I think that's great, by the way. I'm not saying that so many people on the right have been like, she's in it for the cash. Good. I don't know. It's America. Go, go get your money. I mean, you know, the guy, the one of the positive, the best thing that ever happened to Story Movement was uh, what happened uh, November 8th, 2016. She's going to make some cash here, you know, mm-hmm. or 2000, what was it? 2000, yeah, 2016. But uh, yeah, so that is, that is important. I but mean, I also think it's like these people are so dumb. And it's just... I mean, we're not dealing with a, you know, we're, we're definitely not dealing with a bunch of like, you know, Mensa members here. No. I mean, everybody involved in the story is is not too bright. No, they like, are not. It, that, it is from Tanya the top, Harding. Yeah. It is, it's Jeff Galuli. Yeah. Jeff Galuli. And what's the name of the dumb, the, the bodyguard? <laughs> I don't know, but everyone knows who you're talking about. Oh, that guy's a, if you haven't seen I, Tanya yet, you have to see it. The acting, it's, it's incredibly accurate. Yeah. You're watching that movie and you're like, oh, I think they maybe expanded a little bit on how weird these people are. And then they show real footage of the people that were being uh, depicted in the film. And they could have even gone further yeah. with their characterization of these people. So, yes, the, the threat... Of course, obviously, it wasn't followed through, and I... What, just because it wasn't followed through, that doesn't make it serious? It technically makes it a threat. I don't think it was that. I just don't... I hate (laughs) the whole story. I really just... It's too... It it is just so, like, comic book uh, stupid. Yeah, it's it's idiots. It's a bunch bunch of idiots. You know, it's the, the lawyer telling the hired goon to go out and, you know, and, like... Just tell her, just give her an offer she can't refuse. Yeah, and I'm sure like, his <laughs> eyes like bugged out when he you know, when he saw her. He was like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know. And it's like, anyway. So yeah. that was that, that another. All this is this is a former building of the Trump character. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump's character has been maligned uh, for a long, long time in the tabloids. Rightly so, uh, of course, rightfully so. I, in a lot of ways, he was the one who was putting these stories forth. I mean, he was his own. He's his own PR guy. Yeah. Did he it, what was his What was his made up name that he had? Because uh, he used well, to. It was, ca- it was Denison. Was one. Well, of them. Denison. That was that's his law uh, alias. Yes, of course. But he used to. He had a fake name that he would call up like the National Enquirer as like a, a fake PR guy uh, yes. and leak stories uh, to them. 
Isn't that how he uh, like leaked his uh, divorce to Ivanka and then just left? Well, uh, I think that was Marla Maples. Marla that that Maples. Happened yes. With. Uh, yes, of course. He's been his own PR guy for a very long time, but he can't exactly throw his voice. Yeah. So it sounds exactly <laughs> like Donald Trump. And then he'll also, when he's his own PR guy, drop very personal information about. I know for a fact I had. I had no. I didn't. I know Don, Donald had a big breakfast. <laughs> I, he's Donald is upset right now because of the big breakfast. He had, he had he had two fish fillets. Okay. Um, so yes, that's the Stormy Daniels saga. I, again, as I mentioned, that's why I don't want to keep on harping on it. Uh, these are character. We know the character of the man who holds the White House. Yeah. Uh, the CNN was also promoting at the same time that they were talking about the Stormy Daniels scandal. Their new docu series on the dynastic the dynastic Kennedys, mm-hmm. which is if if John F. Kennedy was alive today, you think these scandals wouldn't be replaced with John F. Kennedy in the White House and Marilyn Monroe and a series of other people. They also are doing a miniseries on the Pope. So don't <laughs> tell me that you're like holier than thou, that you can't believe there are people who work in the adult film industry and you can't believe that wealthy men might approach them for sexual intercourse when you're talking about the Pope <laughs> and John F. Kennedy. In this, like They're advertising these in the lower right, in the mm-hmm. lower third. Meanwhile... Uh, pretending to be disgusted by the oldest thing that's ever by the thing that it, it's existed forever. Well, I, I think that this also this has a lot more to do with uh, hypocrisy. You know, like I, I can definitely see the Pope having hypocrisy, that. but like you know, the Kennedys weren't that necessarily going out and uh, yelling about the sanctity of marriage. Uh, J- yeah, they, JFK loved the Pope. <laughs> The whole thing, the, the Catholics have taken over CNN. The whole thing was like, he'll be run by the Pope. He's not going to listen to Washington. He's not going to listen to uh, representatives. He's only going to li- listen to the Pope. Um, well, and that wasn't true. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. No, yeah. no. He was yeah, but- murdered well before he could even get a correspondence with the Pope. The papacy. do you like papacy or papacy i don't like either of them really but that's fine the new pope is being very nice sure anywho let's get to something that i find to be a little bit more significant because it has to do with all of us it is the nation's budget it was passed this past week and it will uh it will keep the government open through september 1st uh, it is a, it's a $1.3 trillion spending bill. It is 2,323 pages. No one read it. <laughs> Not a single person read it. Also, if you've ever had a chance to look at what these are, it's all lawyer, it's lawyer speak, mm-hmm. and it's written like lawyer speak, and it's incredibly difficult to decipher what the heck they're talking about, let alone trying to do that in one sitting when it comes to 2,300 and 23 pages. There are some winners, some losers, big losers of the Freedom Caucus. Of course, that's Rand Paul, libertarian when convenient. He stood up and he said he's not going to vote for it. Oh, yeah? Brave. <laughs> and he spoke and he spoke and he spoke and he spoke and he spoke. And a lot of the other Freedom Conference, or Ron Johnson, I don't believe, supported it out of Wisconsin. Uh, 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 Mike Lee, um, I don't know where Ted Cruz went on it. I would assume he voted against it. The Freedom Caucus folks weren't exactly happy. But then also, uh, a lot of the more aggressive anti-immigration advocates that really see their God to be, Donald Trump, on this issue, aren't happy at all as well, specifically Ann Coulter, when, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, it's always kind I of a good time. I seeing her get upset. 
That's where she shines. <laughs> if she's ever happy, I don't even know what would she. T- well, when I met Ann Coulter, uh, when I was producing at Red Eye, she talked extensively about the home she was building in the Hamptons. Mm-hmm. 99.9% sure that was built by Mexicans uh, or undocumented workers. <laughs> that was That's all she talked about. And then, of course, she gets on camera. Tries to sell her book, and that's it. They don't care. She doesn't care about immigration. She doesn't care about the working class. She doesn't care about the working man and woman. She doesn't care about any of these people who purchase her books. She cares about her new home. Mm-hmm. New home, by the way. I believe it was her second home in the Hamptons. Yeah. Which that's I have I heard, I heard Marcus. Uh-huh. The Hamptons are where the left elitists. <laughs> but if the left elitists are there, what's Ann Coulter up to? <laughs> seems like everything is getting more convenient these days. So why shouldn't our mail? Stamps.com is the most convenient mail service there is. Go to Stamps.com, type in Top Hat, and get a four-week trial. Free! We spend a lot of time mailing things out here uh, from the last podcast network. We've used Stamps.com in the past, and I gotta say, rave reviews all around. It's safe, it's fun, it's affordable. You got a bunch of shirts you got to ship out to a bunch of awesome listeners? Hey, stamps.com, that's the thing to use. Why not? Maybe you want to send your favorite podcasters a bunch of beef jerky. Hmm, I wonder what stamps you should use. Perhaps you should go to stamps.com, type in Top Hat, and get a four-week trial. Speaking of mail, again, beef jerky, also t-shirts. Feel free to send them my way. Send me everything. Just go to stamps.com, type in Top Hat, and get a four-week trial. Well, I think I yes, she is angry and upset all the time. But Ann Coulter has that gleeful anger. She uh, loves yeah, it. and she loves that anger. I like I like to see her like despairingly angry. If anyone thinks like, oh, maybe she won't be around that long, she will live forever. <laughs> As all of our grandmothers have shown us, mm-hmm. anger is the thing. Yeah. that just keeps you from the grave. Hate keeps you alive. I think the devil's just like, I can't with <laughs> now. I got so many other people down I here that want are like, him down here. Bit, I just got. I just got a, a, a wrangle on Stalin and Hitler down here, <laughs> and now you want to send me Coulter for crying out loud? What the hell am I going to? Hitler's been trying to overthrow me for fifty years, <laughs> uh, so she will be around for a long time. What happened? Basically, why are the people who are very staunch anti-immigration uh, reformists? Why are they upset? Donald Trump asked for twenty-five billion dollars uh, for this brilliantly thought-out wall. He mm-hmm. went to look at walls, uh, as a matter of fact, in Los Angeles recently. Looked exactly like Kim Jong Il used to look, looking at things. Yeah, like, that- what do you talk about when you're looking at a wall? Like, yeah, definitely, definitely not a hole. <laughs> That is, uh, I know what it's not. I can name every single thing that that's not. It's not a, it's not a football. It's not a, it's not a cleat. It is, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, uh-huh. it's, it's a wall. I actually, I actually ran out of ideas of what not it, to, it could be. So he wanted $25 billion, of course, which was $6 billion higher than his initial sales pitch, of course. which was $19 billion, which was $19 billion more than his initial initial sales pitch, which was Mexico was going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So now we've got up to $25 billion that will be definitely paid for by American taxpayers. He only got $1.6 billion for uh, federal funding for the wall, which will, that's not that crazy, as a matter of fact. That's that's very similar to past budgets. That just, 
Basically, that's enough money for upkeep of the current wall. You can't buy a lot, certainly not when the federal government is buying something with $1.6 billion, especially for such a project as large as building a wall across our entire southern border. He also did not get the what he was really pushing for, which I think this is why Donald Trump is extremely upset about the spending bill and why he said he'll never sign it again. I'll oh. never sign a bill like this again. Never? He said because no one read it. And it's like, what? That's why? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it is because it won't defund sanctuary cities. Mm. And of course, this is crucial to Donald Trump. This is a war that he's been having with governors and mayors all across the country ending this sanctuary city status. Uh, of course, sanctuary cities, speaking of the Pope, uh, this is, I, I believe, the Jesuits were the ones who coined the term sanctuary city, and it actually stems from a religious movement, uh, bringing people over and making them, and uh, just telling folks uh, who, are un, who are undocumented that they have a home here in this country and they're going to be safe. The church, when it comes to immigration, if we want to take it on the uh, political spectrum as it is now, it's extremely left. Yeah. And it really has, and even the evangelical Evangelical wing has completely been bought and sold and lost its soul a long time ago. But rational um, evangelicals, not the politicized evangelicals, I want to separate those two, are also very open-minded when it comes to immigration for the most part. Of course. Uh, and uh, so that's a tenet that's sort of, I wish Christianity, modern, mainstream, political Christianity would kind of get back to that. Nonetheless, so no unfunding for sanctuary cities, only very small percentage of what Donald Trump wanted for the border wall. Uh, so those two things have gotten him a lot of scorn, again, from the Ann Coulters, the anti-immigration uh, people there on the right. Social conservatives are also upset because the spending bill fully funds Planned Parenthood. Uh, I believe it's $500 million bucks a year. They didn't increase it or decrease it. It's $500 million a year. It's a $1.3 trillion budget. It's just such a political wedge issue. And, you know, I mean... When it comes down to uh, Planned Parenthood, they provide, we don't have to beat this drum any further, a lot more uh, than just abortion services. Everyone there's a lot knows of, There's a lot of morning after pills. There's a lot, there's a lot of birth control pills. There's cancer screenings. Uh, there's, yes. there's, uh, there's so many important things uh, that, that Planned Parenthood does. And I think, you know, even people that... Uh, uh, are against, you know, I, I think even the, the pro-life people or even like people on the fence like know that. It's a pretty uh, common thing to know these days, but they still don't care. You know, it's like it's a single it's a single issue thing. I mean, it's again, it's, it's a, a buzzword. It, yeah. It's a code word. Planned Parenthood. Uh, you know, it, it goes right alongside with um, it, it. It gets kind of wrapped up in whatever the. Uh, you know, feminism and all this. It's a, it's become a, uh, a, a social war slang. Social football. It's a, it's a football. Yes. So that's fully funded. So a lot of people are a little bit upset about, well, probably quite a bit upset about that on the right. So again, the big losers, Donald Trump's immigration agenda on enforcement. Republicans went into this week wanting more funding for the Department of Homeland Security to increase the number of beds for immigrant detainees and to expand the uh, enforcement force with a call to fund more than a thousand immigration and customs uh, enforcement officers. That's known as ICE and uh, 500 more custom customs and border protections officers. The final compromise included funding for only an, an additional 328 customs and border protection officers and ICE will actually have to reduce the number of detention beds. Needless to say, this isn't the kind of deportation force Donald Trump had in mind. And again, the defunding 
of sanctuary cities went absolutely nowhere. So they're actually going to decrease the number of beds in these prison facilities. These aren't like, you know, immigration facilities. They're prisons. Yeah. Uh, who knows if that means they're just going to make them stand or just go eight to a bed. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. if that means they're actually not going to be detained anymore. But that was a big blow again to people who are extremely in love with their anti-immigration stance. Uh, the Republican tax bill, the Republicans, uh, they did get a big win. Uh, basically, the biggest, they accidentally created a massive disparity in the agriculture industry. This was a glitch. It was called the grain glitch. Did you hear about this, Marcus? I didn't, actually. It was in the original uh, tax plan that passed. Essentially, this grain glitch uh, gave more lucrative tax deductions to farmers who sold agriculture products like grains to farm uh, cooperatives instead of privately owned farms. The benefits of selling a cooperative under the GOP tax law are so large that the Wall Street Journal reported it could let some farmers reduce their taxable income to almost zero. The, the error gave cooperatives, including farming giants like Ocean Spray Cranberries, Inc., the major advantage and put smaller privately owned agriculture businesses at risk of closing shop. Needless to say, the grain glitch was a major priority for the lawmakers representing America's agriculture re, uh, regions. So basically, because of a, a small error, many people, and this is why it's so important to read the bill, which never happens, uh, they were going to be put out of business. In some of the last-minute negotiations, Democrats uh, have been reluctant to help Republicans fix their tax bill, struck a deal to amend the, the tax law's language to fix the grain glitch in exchange for expanding the low-income housing tax credit that goes toward building more affordable housing. The IRS also got a, a $196 million budget boost to help implement the new tax laws. All right, big losers. Uh, it looks like Betsy DeVos, Education Secretary Betsy, Betsy DeVos. I can't really recall an Education Secretary being as, uh, as um, polarizing as Betsy DeVos. I can't recall an Education Secretary. We usually don't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah. She had, uh, she had some grand plan for, uh, for the Department of Education, including budget cuts for public schools and after-school programs in exchange for $1 billion in spending to promote her school choice programs. Mm. Kind of... I don't know. It's it's stealing. Uh, what is it? Stealing from Peter Paul. to pay Paul. Yeah, but like, like Paul doesn't have a lot of money there, so it's like more <laughs> like st stealing from Paul to pay Peter. It's uh -huh. Kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, and I, you know, I'm not against um, school choice and things like that, but I also don't think that you should be gutting public schools uh, in order to finance them. There has to be another way. Of course, there was a massive increase in the military budget. So don't don't forget about that. Yeah. She wanted to eliminate a grant program for low income folks. Uh, and students to go to college and slash $1.7 million from the Office of Civil Rights, a borough within the, edu uh, a borough within the education department that ensures equal access to education, enforces civil rights, which she said had grown inefficient. Mm. Instead, Congress's spending bill was a clear rejection of DeVos's education agenda. The spending bill include, included $3.9 bucks uh, increase in the department's funding, Going down the list, DeVos's requests were ignored on almost every front. There was no funding for private school vouchers or public school choice, and the bill increased funding for the Office of Civil Rights by $8.5 million. 
they didn't listen to her at all. <laughs> it was Why almost like whatever she said. They're like, so we're just doing the opposite. And we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we do the opposite. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Duvall is also called to freeze Pell Grants. Uh, Pell Grant, I don't understand this. She wanted to freeze Pell Grants for low-income students at 5920 Lawmakers increased that ceiling yeah. to $6,095. Of course. Uh, the federal work-study program, which Trump, which Trump administration proposed to cut in half, also got a funding boost. So um, Donald Trump, that people are, I think he's going to try to swing it like government waste, government pork. Ooh, I love pork. Uh, <laughs> but in reality, he's just not getting forward the policies that he wanted to see go forward. And they're really some of his worst policies, some of his dumber policies, in my opinion. And I agree, education has to be completely reformed. But uh, that has to happen. We have to start eliminating some of the bureaucracy, which are taking a lot of the money and get more uh, actual dollars per child because we spend more than anybody else and the kids don't see a dime. Why did she want to eliminate Pell Grants? You know, that's... Why? I, Why would you possibly... Well, I like, I mean, that's how I... That. I got through college with scholarships and grants. That's right. the only... Like, I got... That's the only... The only two reasons why I got out of college with minimum student debt was scholarships and grants. Why would you want that? Well, ah... <sighs> That's why she's not liked. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't know. If, uh, email the last podcast network at gmail.com. I was trying to wrap my head. Usually I can find you know the two sides to, uh, to every issue. When it comes to I mean eliminating Pell Grants, the money is there already. Um, it, it, so basically she wants to do away with um, she, she wants to diminish the amount of money that public schools get. Uh, put that into school choice programs. Then she wants to eliminate the amount of money that low-income individuals get to go to college. Just seems like a two-prong effort to really uh, screw over a certain economic class that doesn't have a lot of cash. Yeah, I, that I just screw really, them down. Not just screw them over, but keep them down. Keep them down, yeah. And again, education has to be reformed. We've got to get rid of Common Core. We've got to get rid of... Uh, the No child was the dumbest idea in the history of education. We have a, a George W. Bush running as a state's rights president and it's like i think i can take care of education for the nation <laughs> okay w let's see you try obviously that failed miserably there's a lot of things that need to be done and they're just not missing they're just not hitting the mark on any of them when it comes to education it's like they're trying to go in the exact opposite direction yes i mean it, it really does seem like they're trying to keep down the lower class in america like with this education like things like that like maybe that is reading between the lines i hate to be that cynical no. with that and i hate to be that conspiratorial minded uh with things like that but you know it it's really the only thing that makes sense i don't know if they would think about it like that i mean you know when it comes to obviously like the bernie sanders uh, the free college i I have a lot of conflicted feelings on that. I think the college needs to be more affordable. I mean, these these uh, they're just corporate institutions, and I think they're draining people dry. And I think in a lot of ways, they're just a massive scheme. You're, you you go to college for five years, and you come back with a uh, with a uh, degree in dance, and that's not to malign dancing or dancers, but you're you shouldn't have to owe three hundred thousand dollars for a degree in dance, you know, yeah. because the the job market for that profession is not that's not happening. You'll never be able. I mean, unless you're extremely talented and one in a billion, and I'm not saying you're not. <laughs> this episode of Top Hat is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code TOPHAT. 
Mack Weldon, some of the best underwear around if you are a person on the move. I'm not, but I still like the underwear. It's a wonderful product that I think you'll enjoy as well. So go to MacWeldon.com again, use the promo code TOPHAT, and get 20% off. It's better than whatever you're wearing right now because they care, and that's what matters the most. I want my underwear company to not just make me feel good physically, but make me feel good emotionally. MacWeldon.com. Check it out. Put Top Hat in the promo code and get 20% off. It's a great gift for the guy in your life. I'll tell you one thing. If I ever had a girlfriend that bought me underwear, I'd want it to be Mac Weldon. MacWeldon.com. Put the promo code Top Hat and get 20% off. I'm going to that website right now. Oh my goodness. Well, the models aren't too bad looking either. All right, everyone. Back to the show. But it, it's just very difficult <laughs> yeah. uh, to make money in something like that. I think there's a lot of scams going on in colleges, and I think they're, um, you know, they're offering. It seems to me, in some ways, more of a uh, uh, more of a role playing destination than a place uh, where people actually go to learn. And I think we should address that issue. I also, uh, you know, am conflicted with the idea of free college. Does that just move the bar back further to make you a? Uh, um, only hireable now if you have a college degree. Mm-hmm. You know that's a big issue. If you if you are uh, you know just have a high school degree now, theoretically you should be able to you know get a job someplace. And uh, if you have to have a college degree to get, to get a job, does that just kick the can down the the road for four years for people who might not? Uh, physically want to uh, have the ability uh, to go to a university who are just people who, uh, you know, want to just go right into the workforce in uh, skilled positions, carpentry, all those kinds of things. Well, I think those things, I think those options will still be available, you know, like trade schools and and things like that, I think will definitely still be available. I mean, I I really don't think they should be doing that in high school. Well, they are, you know, yeah, I I mean, those, those programs do, those programs do already exist. Yeah. Vocational education, I think would be, that would be so beneficial, but you can't have a vocational education system if we still have the teach to the test common core system. Mm -hmm. They don't, they they don't work together. So you got to get rid of it. That's my concern with free college though, is that it just makes it more difficult for a larger sum of people to get jobs because they don't have a college degree because now why wouldn't you? It's free. And mm-hmm. I just don't. Uh, I, I think that is an unintended, an unintended, very plausible consequence of something like free education. Uh, yeah, that, that is very possible. But you also got to think like there's going to be a lot of people that just aren't going to make it through college. You yeah. know, some people that just are, are because free college doesn't doesn't mean guaranteed college diploma you know oh, like no. that's like with you know high school like it's damn near guaranteed now uh yep. it's uh, the bar is pretty low for getting a high school diploma uh but i think with a, a college diploma like i don't think it'll really change things that much i think what it will do more than anything is just give people more freedom to uh work different jobs you know like i think it could help with small businesses i think i think it could really because when people come out of college with so much debt they can't take on loans to start a new small business and if you come out of college with no debt you can take on a loan to start a new uh, small business and that's going to create more jobs yeah, but you don't necessarily have to go to college to start a small business you don't have to but it helps you know if you go to business school then you're going to be a hell a lot further uh you know if you well, go to business school to learn how to run a business then you're going to do a hell of a lot better than someone who doesn't go to college to learn how to run a business yeah it's interesting you know my girlfriend just was able to avoid the whole thing just went right into the workforce and, and learned that way i understand that's very unique it's very also just that's feel very like rare. we have a situation now with the internet with all the information out there 
Most of these teachers put everything online for free. I feel like technology is almost circumventing the, the need for college. And a lot of these people, I mean, I've talked, I actually talked to a, to a young person. Mm. I talked to a young person. A youth? A youth at a <laughs> wedding on Saturday. And that's what's something that uh, she was expressing to me where it's like she is going to go to college. But she wasn't, it wasn't a, um, it wasn't necessarily the, the need for the information. It was more of the social experience, well, uh, which I think is the main selling point for a lot of universities. But if you just want to go into the workforce, all the information in the world, here comes a cliche. It's at our fingerprint. It's at our <laughs> fingertip. <laughs> and it's also at our fingerprint, yeah. which but, I just uh, I just have Apple has my fingerprint now. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. Hey, cool, con right? Congratulations. Thank welcome you. welcome to the club. Ooh, it's nice. Well, uh, there's a lot of information out there, yes, but you know, how do you know that that information is accurate? You know, like well, how no, do you, you can go to the professors? The professors put all this stuff online. They put their theses online for free? Yes, just Google. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but this, there's this also is some me, this is me being a Kathy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they put it online. Well, there's really also that, like, you have to have context for these things, and you know, and lesson plans, you know, and like, and people showing you like this is. I mean, for someone who can figure it out on their own, like that's amazingly impressive. Like, you, I think you have to be a brilliant person to be able to actually figure all this out on your own. I don't know about brilliant, but yes, pretty damn smart, smarter than you or me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> most likely, and I think a lot of people are. Um, all right, so, uh, yes, so that's basically Betsy DeVos and Donald Trump getting nothing, uh, what they wanted on education. Uh, also, government data. This is interesting, Marcus. So the 2020 census, it's coming right up. Mm. And the Census Bureau, they're going to get another $1.3 bucks in funding, and that is double what the Trump budget called for. Mm. And uh, this is a big win, apparently, for the Democratic, uh, for the Democratic Party because it was a big priority. They have to uh, know the demographics of the country. Now, you know, specifically to exploit them for political gain, perhaps. The Census Bureau has been at, uh, at the center of the funding battle with Congress for, for some time. The agency has had to find some creative ways to cut costs ahead of the two, 2020 nationwide survey. The information gathered uh, by the census questionnaire and interviews, which by laws mandated every 10 years. It will be interesting to see how the country has shifted. Mm -hmm. I Very mean, interesting. you're going to see so many more people move into the cities. I mean, yep. these these uh, towns are only getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and the cities are only growing. But then I have seen the reverse trend as well, because all of these rural places are so cheap right now. Mm -hmm. You can buy, oh my God, my brother and his husband just bought a place upstate. I think it was a three-bedroom. It was like $80,000. It was just right by a lake. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that is What true. are we doing here, Marcus? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also it's like you're they're not going up there to work you know they're not going up there to oh, live no, they're going there to relax yeah they're going there to and relax. retire at some point yeah. and do god knows what <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that these rural towns just the the jobs just aren't there anymore oh my god especially and, in new york yeah especially in new york we lost a million people in the past uh, i think it was the past six years there's just no jobs mm -hmm. whatsoever a million people in new york city new york state new york state yeah there's yeah. just it's uh, it's called the brain drain yeah you just lose everybody to places that have uh that are offering them better um better jobs people yeah. go where the jobs are this has not changed since the dawn of humanity yeah uh also this is an interesting thing that i am for the national instant criminal background check it's known as nicks the bill included the fix nicks act uh the system that gun sellers now use to verify if someone if someone is eligible to buy a gun this bill increases enforcement steps up requirements for federal and state agencies uh, to update records, give states financial incentives to report 
to Nix and penalizes agencies that don't upload their records. And that's the big concern. The government mess, messes up all the time yeah. uh, when it comes to their creation of lists. And I know that no one ever likes the government. No one ever likes to hear the government is making a list. It's, it's, it, there's never <laughs> Even a less that you're on it. Yes, exactly. Um, but as we saw with the no-fly list, a lot of people, including Cat Stevens, uh, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, was said that they can't fly because their name matches another person's name. The concern, of course, is uh, we don't want to be taking away people's Second Amendment rights because they happen to show up on this background check list. However, we still need to do something about it, and hopefully the government... <laughs> can be competent <laughs> but but can they be competent we i don't know, I don't we, know. we don't necessarily see a lot of uh we don't have a lot of instances where they really nailed it mm-hmm. on competency but something has to be done and hopefully uh you know these gun shops it's going to rely on the gun shops uh to, to do this appropriately to do this correctly make sure they're getting the right information in there and hopefully we can avoid someone being able to stockpile 10 weapons uh like Cruz did uh in parkland and uh if you get a chance go to the new york times website which is the best investment you can possibly make by the way i just got the app because i've been trying to get my information elsewhere i'm also going to go to some different sources and buy uh buy their um publications but it's nice to just not be on twitter all the time to look for these things yeah the, the new york times app had a uh, had a great uh breakdown of what steven paddock did in las vegas yeah uh, it was a five-day maybe a six-day affair where he rented the room, slowly went back to his place, uh, about an hour away, just continued to bring in more and more and more equipment. I mean, what an elaborate setup that dude had. But the fact that he also bought a bevy of guns in a finite period of time, these should be flags. These should be flags going up. And I'm not even saying, okay, do you end up selling the guy the gun? Maybe an investigation should take place. Not, I'm not being like, oh, Gestapo, go like crazy, investigate this guy. But inquire why, maybe a waiting period, and just figure out, uh, you know what's what's happening here maybe perhaps he runs a summer camp where they all go hunting together who knows yeah but just figure out uh you know what's going on and why why is it happening because we see this escalation uh happen time and time and time again a brevik is the same way over there in norway it tends to happen fairly closely to the mass tragedy mm-hmm. you know it's not like no one really stockpiles weapons for 30 years and then freaks out it seems like it's sort of in the back of their minds. They start collecting. They fantasize. And you know this, Marcus, from investigating serial killers for all these years. Mm-hmm. Slowly marinate in it. And then one day it's time to go. And the Stephen Paddock uh, surveillance footage oh my, is it's it's fa- it is absolutely fascinating. And He's yeah. the most boring guy at the <laughs> slots. Yeah. And he, it, as a person who plays slots, it's tough to be the most boring one. He's not a slots guy. He's a video poker guy. Oh, video yeah, poker. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the slots <laughs> of the 20th, uh, 21st century. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just slumped uh, back in his chair, pushing a little button. I think he's drinking. I think he just sits. And he's not. No, he, he's just sitting. He goes and he has sushi, uh, Vegas sushi. Ugh. Uh, oh, come on. That's good. <laughs> Who doesn't want sushi in the desert? <laughs> yeah, come he goes on. to Las Vegas. And uh, what was it? He brought in, what, 23 bags? It was uh, a lot. Over, over a period of six days going back and forth. Yeah. to, And it really, and I'm, I hope this shuts up the conspiracy theorists just a little bit oh, because well, that's what they've been. That. Well, that's what they've been yelling about for so long is like, we have no surveillance footage. Why is there no surveillance footage? Yeah. Now it's finally out. You and, know, I heard it was edited, though. We didn't, it didn't actually take seven days to watch all of it. Uh-huh. So I think it was edited. Yeah, it was edited. So you didn't see every single, but yes. You know, yeah. breaking news, 
Infowars, it's edited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking stuff. You don't get every single moment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is it is fascinating to see, but it is also fascinating to see that this guy, you know, it's 23 bags. This guy right. had 23 bags and containers uh, that he brought in. And I'm not, of course, I'm not saying that uh, he should have been like frisked and checked on his way into the, the hotel. I'm just saying that he had a lot of guns well, and that he had got bought. And I think he bought one more gun in those six days that he was kind of going back and forth. Well, that'll I think make he a just, baker's dozen for you. <laughs> I think he just, he bought a gun, went out to a shooting range, yeah. went to his house, came back, and it seemed like such a leisurely uh, type of stroll between his house and that yep. other, and the other uh, condo that he rented that to he, overlook yep. the other festival to scout mm-hmm. what was going on there to just kind of look at what's going on. And it's uh, it's fascinating to watch, but you know, you also see like this is what, happens when a guy can just buy whatever he wants as much as he wants with no oversight whatsoever and i'm not saying that you should be limited on what you can buy i'm just saying that maybe sh- someone should keep an eye on these well, people and, someone you know, should check someone should just go knock on the door check it out how are you doing you know that plays into the the whole uh, issue that we saw in parkland as well uh, with the Law enforcement being told time and time again that Cruz was a uh, was an issue, was a threat. Uh, the FBI was aware of this guy. They said they couldn't find him, despite the fact his name was on the YouTube comments. Uh, <laughs> it would have been very easy to find him. And with the Las Vegas uh, shooter, it does seem like security, which I've seen the movie Snake Eyes. Uh, I have seen a series of Nicolas Cage uh, casino films uh-huh. where he is in charge of what the heck is going on. They, they monitor everything. There are so many cameras, and there are such huge networks of security forces. It's surprising that no one was like, how many bags does this – how much underwear is he going through? <laughs> like, how many bags does this one single male have, and why are we renting him two rooms? Like, you know, just ch- check it out, maybe. I thought about that, but Steven Paddock is such – he's so boring. He looks like such a boring, dumpy he, dude. Like he was. every that's what he is. Like every other, like he he looks like every seventh guy in Las Vegas. I'm sure they didn't notice that it was the same guy coming in and out, and I'm sure the bellboys didn't notice that. Oh, this guy keeps bringing in more uh, suitcases, and who knows how off uh, you know how normal that is. I mean, what if someone's having like you know kind of a sexy time, and you want to bring in all the toys? <laughs> unless he unless he's blowing them up in his hotel room, and they are. In in the suitcases. <laughs> I mean, you really don't know. We don't know what happens in Vegas. Maybe people do bring that many uh, pieces know. of luggage, but I, I think Maybe. they just, I think they just didn't notice this. You know, nor a perfectly normal looking guy that looked like ten other perfectly normal looking guys uh, that were in. Normal the- is white. Yeah. And looking is fat. <laughs> normal fat white guy. Yeah, normal fat white guy. Yeah, normal fat white guy. Yeah, didn't say to look out for him. <laughs> I don't, like, should we look out for them? He's a, he's got a goatee. <laughs> I used to hate shaving, but that was before I discovered the Dollar Shave Club. The Dollar Shave Club delivers you everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. It's got shampoo, body wash, and even toothpaste. The true hero of the morning routine is their Dr. Carver Shave Butter. It helps the razor gently glide across your skin. Who doesn't want to be covered in shave butter? For a mind-blowing experience, join Dollar Shave Club today. And for just five bucks with free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one-wipe Charlie's. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. 
Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash top hat. That's it. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash top hat. Yeah, he's just a dude. Just a uh, Just a white guy. And, you know, that's not going to set off... That's not going to set off any alarm. So, you know, I don't think this is on Mandalay Bay here. Uh, well, I'm sure I'm sure the security forces don't exactly feel they did a stellar job. But no. uh, that that ties into what we saw over the weekend as well. The March for Life event. Uh, some people criticizing it. A lot of people out there obviously uh, marching for their lives. Slightly dramatic, but also that's kind of how these things work. Uh, I think the kids, obviously the Parkland kids, they got a lot of uh, the spotlight, but there were people there from the Vegas shooting, survivors from the Vegas shooting, and uh, you know the uh, Pulse nightclub shooting. I mean, there are so many of these events that happen across the country. It just wasn't the kids. It wasn't just the kids uh, from Parkland. But you had did, Columbine did, survivors there as Columbine well. Columbine survivors yeah. were there. I mean, my goodness, I think they thought that was going to begin and end with them, of course, in Colorado, and certainly has not been the case. Yeah. The criticism is that these people, these kids specifically, are being used as political pawns and they're marching uh, to do away with their Second Amendment rights. And people think uh, they're actually marching not for their right to life, they're marching t- to do away with their right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. Okay, Or and they're marching for likes. They're marching for likes. Uh, and then, of course, and I do understand. I mean, I hate uh, children. Us- I, I despise when children are used as political tools. Mm-hmm. I hate it. When I was six years old, my parents took me to the March for, Li- the March for Life rally, mm-hmm. which was an anti-abortion rally. Uh, you see a lot of grotesque images. They wonder why I love horror movies. <laughs> uh, well, I, was, I lived it. Yeah. Uh, I lived in one. That had a big impact on me. I don't know if it was necessarily beneficial or not to introduce children at such a young age to such a serious issue. This is a little bit different. If it was the Newtown kids out there marching, I wouldn't be against it because they're too young. These kids, 16, 17, 18 years old, I think they are forming their opinions. They're expressing their opinions, and I think they have every right to. On the flip side of that, I watched a lot of interviews with the kids, um, and they should not have guns. You look at a 16, listen to a 16, 17, 18-year-old talk. uh, There is nothing about that. Uh, person that makes me feel comfortable uh, with them having an AR-15, an instrument of death. Yeah, it's not. They're not ready yet. It's you know, there's a re- unless you go to the military or into law enforcement. You imagine getting pulled over by a 19 year old? I'm so <laughs> freaking livid. No, if they're properly like, trained, like actually yes. trained, you know, but th- then that's that's one thing. But I I think you know people saying that you know they're they're children and, and that they they shouldn't speak. Uh, these kids are. Either voting age or almost voting well, and that's, age. Well, that's the point I you made, know? I think, on an episode or two ago. It's like if you don't think that they have enough intelligence to speak on an issue, then you should not believe they have enough intelligence to purchase. If you don't think they have enough intelligence to talk about the gun issue, you you shouldn't believe they have enough uh, intelligence to purchase a gun yet. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting as well if you think about it from the perspective of like – 18 year olds being like we don't want guns and their parents like you'll have a gun (laughs) and you will like that gun you will touch that gun every single day you will go to the yard and shoot the gun uh it's such a bizarre uh juxtaposition when it comes to and i understand there are also a lot of 18 19 year olds who were not marching yeah uh teenagers who were like i want my gun (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know plenty of we and we shouldn't and going online and being real dickheads about (laughs) it (laughs) yeah exactly uh and i also don't want to go down the road of like i do i felt a little bit like the news media was fetishizing these children a little bit uh they're 
it was good. I'm happy they were expressing themselves. It is what it is, and they have gotten some uh, reforms through. Just briefly, Susan Collins was also a loser in this budget bill. She signed the tax plan uh, in the beginning, thinking that they were going to make some amendments uh, to it in order to have her constituents uh, receive Medicare and Medicaid, and they did not give her anything that she was promised uh, in the compromise to have her sign said bill. Believe it or not, they might have lied to her. When it comes to gun control, however, it looks like federal funding uh, for research finally. will finally be allowed. This goes back to what we were talking about a, a couple of episodes ago. Oh, we've been talking about this for years. Uh, yes, uh, the Dickey Amendment. Uh, the Dickey Amendment, the man uh, that the amendment was named after uh, on his deathbed said, I regret it. Uh, he was very <laughs> upset about it. Uh, it took place, I believe it was 96, this amendment passed, basically outlawing the CDC from being funded for research on what gun violence does to a society. The NRA pushed hard to have this Dickey Amendment uh, put in place. So this spending bill was a small victory for gun violence research. For years, uh, Congress has been more or less banned uh, has more or less banned the Center for Disease Control and Prevention or any federal agency from using taxpayer money on public health research about firearms, which is just stunning to me okay. that this wouldn't be an issue. I mean, we got 60,000 folks a year that are dying at the hands of firearms, whether it be suicides, uh, murders, accidents, whatever it might be. Nonetheless, what people are saying, this is sort of a... a thing that's being discussed right now it's been more more deaths because of firearms than all of our wars combined or uh, since world war ii combined you know things like this it's you can kind of say that about anything mm. uh you know it's one of those where it's like you know what i'm saying like yeah just big grand comparisons it's at numbers yeah yeah it's numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh but nonetheless you would think with 60k a year annually dying at the hands of firearms you would think the government would at the very least be allowed to look into it technically uh, the Dickey Amendment barred the CDC from spending any money to, quote, advocate or promote gun control, a provision the federal a provision the federal agency largely interpreted as an outright ban because yeah. it is just that. Yeah. <laughs> so now that has been uh, peeled back a little bit. The spending bill clarifies that the law doesn't actually prevent them from doing the research, the result of a larger debate uh, Congress has been having about gun control, of course, as we mentioned, uh, after the Parkland shooting. So a little bit uh, in the step in the right direction of a step in the right direction when it comes to the government just being able to look into what does gun violence do to a society. And with that research, we're going to be able to figure out a lot more of, uh, of the psychology. We were just talking briefly about the psychology of someone uh, who might commit a, uh, an act of mass murder. We don't live in a time where it's very easy to be a serial killer. Yeah. But we live in a time then where it's seemingly easier than ever to be a mass murderer. I mean, when when Brevik happened, Andres Brevik, I believe it was, uh, what was it, 78 over there in Norway. I believe he killed 78. 88. 88. Uh, you know what I'm going to say? It's too high. <laughs> if it's 78 or 88, it's just, yeah. it's too high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought, wow, are we ever going to see anything like that again? I can't believe it. And, of course, Norway has, uh, they have fairly strict gun laws. Um, and we're just seeing an increase. And then after Pulse nightclub, we're like, are we ever going to see something like that again? And after Las Vegas, oh, my God, this person has a, uh, you know, has killed more uh, than uh, than Mateen did over there. Uh, in in Orlando, I mean, yeah. it just seems to go up and up and up and up. So we have to understand the psychology of these individuals in order to prevent 
these kinds of tragedies from happening again, these kinds of mass murders. I mean, is the CDC, are they actually going to look into, like, actually mm-hmm. talking to the guys that survived, like, the guys that did not kill themselves or were not you shot? Know, like, are they going to talk to James Holmes? Are they going to talk, mm-hmm. are they going to talk to uh, this cruise kid? Like, there's, there's not evidence out there. Yeah. yeah. Is I Dylan, so. like, is Dylan Roof, are they going to talk to Dylan Roof? Like, are we going to actually look into the profiles of these guys? Or at the very least, be able to fund individuals who will, you know, be yeah. able to fund psychologists who do, uh, or be able to pay for the work that those psychologists do and, and actually take that into account. I yeah. would assume that would be part of the research aspect of it. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, <laughs> I would, yeah, I would hope so as well, because these guys aren't, uh, they don't survive very often, but we do have a few uh, that are survived. But the weird thing about that, or the interesting thing about that is, you know, we talk to serial killers um, so we could generate a profile so we could catch them. Right. But ta- but the thing is about mass murders is that there's no catching because it happens so fast. Right, it right, happens right. that day. Yeah. So what, you know, it, it's, an, I mean, it's, this is just an interesting thing to think about. Absolutely. But like, what does the profile, like, can we cross-reference the profile of like a mass murderer right. with gun owners? You know, is there more of a screening process where they look at a, a, a person who's trying to buy a gun or an AR-15 or something like that and be like, all right, well, what does this person's past say? You know, I would not be against like an interview to buy an AR-15 or not even against it. Like just look at like certain things to hit, like do it, put them into a database is like how many things, how many points of the mass shooter profile does this person hit? And if they hit enough, say, sorry, you can't have an instrument of death or you know, research further and uh, and again see if they are qualified. Perhaps uh, the the system is obviously never going to be flawless. No, of course. And who not. knows? Again, given that person's profession, uh, why why they need these weapons? You know, if you're in if you're in rural, uh, you know, Montana. You let, I, mean, I think Betsy DeVos actually said that schools need fences for all the bears, which was a <laughs> reference to Wyoming. Uh, but if you are in Montana, you're going to need a different style of weapon. You'll probably need more weapons than you do if you're in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, you know, the England has a very similar thing where farmers can have shotguns, but, you know, you can't really have one in the city. Uh, and that's completely and totally reasonable. Uh, they, well, going back to what you're talking about there, it seems like we, we've obviously discussed mental health and that uh, a, a hurdle that that you must uh, pass in order to uh, to require or in order to acquire a gun. Of course, again, we want to be careful who's deciding who's nuts and who's not nuts. Because I've been on Twitter. I don't think anyone should have them. <laughs> you know, if you like, it's funny because you know a lot of people uh, you know tweet about like who decides who's crazy, and you look at their profile and you're like, well, I you have Trump photoshopped over the body of Jesus holding <laughs> uh, holding a series of pistols uh, for some reason a uh, chicken bone and you know it's like maybe you're nuts but uh, of course we have to have a very broad spectrum of mm-hmm. what's considered to you have to be truly considered basically insane and there's just not a lot with our shutdown of mental health facilities uh, all across the country to get a really a proper assessment. However, this budget, uh, the National Institute of Health, they got $3 billion uh, more in funding for medical research. Both parties have touted this as a win, and it brings total funding for the agency to $37 billion bucks and includes additional $414 million for Alzheimer's research um, and $140 million more for more research on brains brains <laughs> and 40 million more for universal flu vaccine research 
if we need it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, this bill, it's bloated. It's big. Again, as I mentioned, the Freedom Caucus is a very, uh, is extremely upset. Uh, Democrats were very on board with it. Uh, the Heritage Foundation, that's one of Washington's leading, leading conservative think tanks, had a similar sentiment. They tweeted, embarrassing rundown of broken down promises. And Tennessee Republican Bob Corker, uh, he's a deficit hawk, which does not exist. Uh, he's, he said it's grotesque, and he called it a Great Dane-sized whiz down the leg of every taxpayer in this country. Great. How do you think he came up with that off the cuff, <laughs> I think or it took him like ten minutes? <laughs> I think he was looking for an analogy, and he's like, "Oh, look at that! Yeah, a Great Dane Barbie's pissing on me here." <laughs> so, uh, yes, that's kind of no surprise. One point three trillion dollars, and uh, it seems like. As I've said before, uh, when the Democrats and Republicans compromise, it tends to lead to a lot of money being spent. Finally, on this, I do want to point out this. In December, Trump's Labor Department, uh, his secretary, Alex Acosta, he proposed a plan that would essentially allow employers to confiscate their workers' tips if they pay workers minimum wage or above. And a lot of these kids, not a lot of these kids, a lot of these workers... In the service industry, they're going to pay $2.50, $3. The minimum wage is lower for them. I believe this still stands because uh, the assumption is you get paid on tips. Mm -hmm. The proposal would have repealed an Obama-era regulation that gave workers sole property over their tips they earned. Uh, The Trump administration's proposed move would have cost, could have cost service workers $5.8 $5.8 billion a year in lost tips. To, preventive, to preemptively protect workers, an amendment in the spending bill, this came from Patty Murray. She's a Democrat out of Washington. Uh, this will bar employers from taking their workers' tips. The provision was a major win for service workers who came out in droves against the Labor Department's proposed change. To me, this is unbelievably awesome. Yeah, because this is real life. This is working class people. And I remember when they proposed that and you were like you had to sort of scratch your head, kind of, you know, kind of exorcist your brain. You had to, you know, throw your whole body, uh, you know, out of whack, just trying to rationalize or figure out how they would think that that was fair for employers to garnish the tips of their workers. So I am very happy that Patty Murray, and let's give her some credit here, stood up for the labor workers and stood up for uh, service um Industry workers who deserve the tips that they 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 earn serving our fat asses. <laughs> it's just that's baffling. It's baffling. Like, like that that does that sort of rule. Like you expect that to be something uh, that gets floated in. I don't know early 20th century like that so what it, if we just take the tips <laughs> yeah like it what? sounds like the same guy came up with it the threatened stormy <laughs> daniels yeah it's like well what if we just take the money just you know and they, and they don't you know and they don't get anything what if we just did that you okay. know and all right yeah, it sounds so we good. Get, we get their money. Yeah, oh, it, it's, yeah, yeah. Can I threaten their kid. Yeah, I'm actually really good at threatening kids. Because like, all you got to do is you got to say, "Hey, wouldn't it be weird if you didn't have a parent?" And then that's it. Because the kid's like, "That would be weird." And then they cry, and they it's cry. fun. It seems like something that is out of uh, the okay. realm of possibility. Yeah. Like it, it's a, it's it seems like something uh, that it again it's cartoonish. That's that's cartoonishly the, that's cartoonishly evil. Like that's yeah. dy- it is a dystopian law. It is five. You know, $1.8 billion dollars out of the workers' pocket to go feed the boss. 
Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Also, just very briefly here, uh, Zuckerberg still getting a lot of heat over the Cambridge Analytica scandal. We'll keep on following that. I, I'm off of, I'm off of Facebook. I'm only on Instagram. They're owned by the same company. But, you know, I'm, re- I'm making a strong point, though. They have so much data on me. I, sw- yeah, I seriously looked at a muffin box the other day at Whole Foods and nothing but muffin ads from there on. I'm like, how do they know? How do they know? Oh, man, we've even seen uh, people say that uh, ads for the frozen ground have yeah. Already started being attached to a Robert Hansen. By episode. the way, how does the the frozen ground? I think it was sixty one. The frozen ground is the Robert Hansen. I'm sure you know the the Alaskan serial killer. It's that's the movie he's that that they based off of him very loosely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, 61%, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes. And how much is nothing but trouble? Five. We've made it <laughs> go down. I think we've been pushing we the from movies. eight to five. Yeah. God. <laughs> what are we going to do? It's all about the production design. And nothing but trouble is a movie that you're supposed to watch, and you imagine what the movie could have been. It was so expensive. <laughs> that movie is like crazy expensive. <laughs> Uh, I think that was def- that was definitely Dan Aykroyd's last, right? I think that was his I last. Think I think it, it might anymore. be last and only. Yes. Uh, also, in really dumb news, uh, Joe Biden threatened to beat up Donald Trump. Donald Trump um, responded uh, that he would make Joe Biden cry. <sighs> By the way, our cartoon president, our friend James Adomian is on it, and uh, he's by far the best. He does the... Um, he does the Ted Cruz impression. And yeah. He's very, very funny. Also, our friend Anthony Atamanik, the president show on Comedy Central. It is coming back, but oh. just two specials. Oh. So I feel like they maybe I think Comedy Central, perhaps they realize they have a lot of really hardcore Trump supporters or I don't know. But I feel like that was a funny show if you're a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter. Yeah. Making fun of the president is the American pastime. I mean, I've made fun of every president, even if I vote for them or not. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to. Mm -mm. All right. Well, that is basically the the biggest news of the week, I believe. And also to clarify, nothing but trouble. uh, Dan Aykroyd's first, last, and only directorial uh, performance. All right. Also, the budget bill, 65 to 32. (laughs) That's what the Senate did. They voted on that 65 to 32. It was unveiled just 16 hours before the House vote. So, again, 2,232 pages. Mm. Mm-hmm. Read it. And, I would make you do that. You make me do yeah, it. Just be like, come back. Just let me know. Let me know what you got. <laughs> that is a ridiculous, ridiculous thing. It's just so calm. It's like everyone knows that it's not possible. It's calm, and we just yeah. we just do it. Um, okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on iTunes. Rate and review. Mm-hmm. We'll keep on doing good. And thanks for the great responses from the uh, Fox News radio show that I do. I'm doing it twice a week in April. So we'll make sure to get those uh, to you as kind of like fun bonus content. Uh, all right, everyone, hail yourselves, and we will talk to you soon.